Coming to you live from Master Closet Studios. You're listening to the only podcast on the internet with an electrified scaffolding in our studio. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> triggered it. <laughs> uh, it's the noobs and the hoobie. <laughs> my name's Austin, and I'm the hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So, welcome to episode number 86, covering Classic Who Season 12, episodes 11 through 16, Genesis of the Daleks. This is the one where the fourth Doctor is sent by the Time Lords to destroy the Daleks before they ever get started. But does he have that right? This was uh, story number 78, originally airing March 8th through April 12th, 1975, to, get this guys, at its lowest, 85 and at its highest, 10.7 million okay, viewers. Okay, then. Wow. Yeah, so this one, it was like... So it went normal. Who hasn't had that since well, the first episode? It, it was kind of throughout. So that was the low and the high, but like episode one was like 10.5, and then two was like 10.7, and then it was like 8.5, and then 8.9, and mm-hmm. 9.3. I mean, there were six episodes. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't so write them all down, so at any rate. Uh, this one was written by Terry Nation, otherwise known as the father of the Daleks, or maybe I just made that up, I don't know. But he is the guy that <laughs> created the Daleks, um, wrote the very first episode, and did, I, I think he did, he either wrote all of or most of the Dalek episodes throughout the, uh, the classic who mm-hmm. run. And this was uh, directed by David Maloney. Now in 1998, Dr. Who magazine ran a poll of its uh, readership. And this episode was rated the fan favorite episode of all time, or excuse me, serial of all time. Oh. So this was 1998. Mm-hmm. So this would be post movie pre uh, new who favorite of all time. This, wow. this cereal. Wow. Yeah. So now that was 1998. I don't so know how that holds up today. it's definitely changed. Probably. Uh, well, not, not, not definitely, but it depends on who probably. you poll. You know, yeah. like if you, if you yeah. polled people who have seen all of who, you know, like uh, uh, the crowd who was there for classic who and is still watching today. Yeah. Uh, they might know, get some different answers. Yeah. You know, we're, we're still in that, that era of, well, I mean, just all of Classic Who in one sense for us yeah. is this problem you have with going back and watching old shows where, you know, like if I sit down and watch Star Trek The Next Generation, to me, it's gold. I just <laughs> I love it. But for people who didn't come to Star Trek until like the J.J. Abrams movies or didn't come until disco, going back and watching TNG is like painful. It's like kind of like what? What, for, what is this? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like for us going back and watching the original series was like. Eh. <laughs> you know, like, it's like okay, I can yeah, see why this was enjoyable fun. 40 years ago. You thought Kirk was a jerk. Uh, well, t- probably because you didn't grow up watching him, I bet. Uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's there's exactly. some people who might hate Picard. Good thing he's got his own spinoff show coming out <laughs> in a couple of weeks. So, uh, so uh, still under miscellaneous trivia, this serial not only introduced Davros, this was not only the, like, the first time we saw him, but it set him up as a recurring character that would appear throughout all of the remaining classic Who Dalek episodes. So, Despite dying in the first one he appears in. Eh. Uh, so here's the thing, is the the Daleks, starting with with Tom Baker here, who you know we'll, we'll get into talking about him in a little bit, but starting with Tom Baker, there was a downward trend in recurring villains. 
or at least the classic, you know, like the the already established classic ones. Because even by mm-hmm. 1975, the show has been on the air for 13, 12, 12 years, 12 years. And so you've already got the Cybermen kind of established as a classic villain, the Daleks. Uh, but the fourth Doctor only does two serials with the Daleks. And then for the remainder of of classic who each doctor apparently only has one story with a Dalek or with the Daleks Hmm. and one story with featuring the Cybermen. So like they kind of started to pare them down instead of it being like, you know, every doctor encountered the, you know, the same three villains, I guess. Um, Uh So that, that kind of started here with Tom Baker only having them twice. And, uh, and so there's not a ton of Dalek episodes remaining in Classic Who, but apparently each one of them features Davros. So him coming back when we saw him in New Who was like a big major thing because for most of people's memory, as far as Classic Who goes, Davros and the Daleks are like peanut butter and jelly. You know, like they're they're just, you're always going to have both of them to deal with. So Except that's not the case now. Yeah, right. That's Obviously, what I'm we've is, seen plenty yeah. without them. Well, and that's the thing. In New Who, we had several Dalek storylines before, before we, even, we even met him. Yeah. We've only had yeah. one with him so far. So uh, so far, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Did he die in that one? <sighs> All of a sudden, honestly, I can't even remember when it was. It was Tenet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was his last episode, wasn't it? Mm, no. Yeah, uh, not his last. No, not his last no, episode. But, but a last of the his series. One of the finale yeah, before the David Tenet specials. Yeah. yeah. The last one with Donna? Yeah. Think so, mm-hmm. right? Anywho, <laughs> Noobs of the Hoobian is brought to you by R Five Website Management, where you can get world class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Guys, y'all know the deal. We've got a deal for you. Uh, head on over to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code Noobs at checkout for fifteen percent off of your entire order. So grab everything that you want, throw it all in your basket. Make sure that you use the code Noobs, noobs. at checkout for your discount. I was very slow on the uptake. <laughs> Uh, I didn't read it verbatim, so I know I messed y'all up. That's okay. All right, so in the cast, we were just talking about Davros. Um, Davros was played by Michael Wisher, and uh, as we mentioned, you know, every time you heard him talk, it sounded like a Dalek, right? Mm-hmm. Especially exterminate. Yeah, oh, yeah. times where he was yeah. like definitely a Dalek when he would get very emotional and like his voice would ramp uh-huh. up in you intensity. You will listen to me. Uh, for, yeah. some, for some reason, it like gets more robotic sounding, the angrier he is. It definitely did. It, yeah. was like, it was more like, it was almost like the higher pitched his voice got, the more robotic it sounded, which was auto mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, yeah. Like that. Uh, now, he also voiced the Daleks. And uh, from what I could tell, he was he was the voice of the Daleks throughout the 70s. So um, not exclusively, I think, but um, throughout the, the, the 70s, um, he, he was primarily their voice. One of the things that I wondered about, did y'all notice, you know, he had like a little uh, headset microphone things kind of yeah. around the corner? Like totally like they just put an earbud <laughs> on a little <laughs> on a stick. stick. Yeah. One of those uh, uh, headsets truckers have. With the yes, yeah, with the little ball uh-huh. mic, yeah. One of the things that I wondered about was, you know, was that entirely costume and prop, or was that a for real microphone that they were pumping his voice through the distortion on? Because otherwise, how would you distort his voice that way without messing up anybody else's voice? And it seemed like it was happening in real time. Like it didn't seem like they were going back and doing um, ADR and dubbing his 
you know, his roboticized voice over top of it, it looked like it was happening in real time. So mm. I'm, I'm curious about that. I didn't see anything about it in, in any of the, uh, the Wikia stuff, but um, maybe Jared's got something to say about that. I don't know. Um, if not, listeners, any, any classic Who fans out there that, that would have any insight on that, I would love to hear it because um, I love that the Dalek's voice, as robotic as it sounds, as you know, when we were introduced to it uh, with back with Eccleston, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same sound effect as it was in the 1963. <laughs> they like keeping it original. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the fact that they were doing that back then, you know, how were they doing mm-hmm. it? Uh, we saw a little a little glimpse of that in um, uh, Adventure in Time and Space, where we saw that there was a guy. Wasn't it on, space and time? Or was yeah, it yeah. What did I say? Time and space. <laughs> there was a guy sitting off camera in the studio, yeah, yeah. talking into a microphone to produce that sound effect, and that totally makes sense when you've got the robot, you know. That has no mouth. <laughs> it's just the lights have to go off in sequence with it. But with Davros, it was a guy yeah, yeah, that was talking. So yeah. it needed I kind of up. expected it was like an animatronic, but I, then I realized, yeah, this is too early for them to be able to do that. Yeah. So because like with how it little it moved, we'll, we'll like get you could that. buy that for like $120 <laughs> at like the store. We'll get into that in, in, uh, in a little bit in a new Classic Who Rewind segment that we've got that's kind of a... Uh, bringing back an old segment, but repurposing for classic who. So, all right, right, onto the checklist, uh, just a few items that were actually here on the checklist, the creature of the week. Um, we'll discuss these in the who's who section, but we've got to talk about them, the Daleks and Davros. So there you go. And we'll, we'll loop back around to them and talk about them in a little bit more detail. If we're going with creature, I guess the mutos kind of count too, don't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, actually. I mean, they they were pretty much all aliens to be fair, but. Well, they, they absolutely were all aliens, and also all the creatures that were in the little cave. So there was a lot, actually. Yes. Oh, the, uh, the those the, don't really the scallops, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the giant clams, or whatever. It was. Also, the massive turtle, or wait, what was that thing? Yeah, massive well, turtle. Yeah, there was the when was, they looked through the, the vent, and something walked by. I'm pretty sure it was oh, a turtle. Oh, yeah, that was so yeah. bizarre. That was yeah. that was one of those like '70s sci-fi like, things. It's like why was that oh, even look, there? Something weird. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Kind of like when they when they artificially tried to build suspense by having them run up to the elevator right as the door closed, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and walk away, and so that the door can open again, and then they they turn back around and run into it. I'm like, why was that <laughs> written into the script that that was going to happen? Like they just killed 90 seconds that didn't do anything. Except I guess they needed to kill 90 seconds. Maybe that's all it was. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, the mutos. Well, let's talk about the mutos for a second because uh, the Daleks and Davros we'll talk about later. But the mutos. Um, like, what was their deal? I don't they know. They look like normal dudes, it's right? It's one muto we see that are like, ah, he's not that mutated. And we see, no, like we see no other main mutos. We see one muto who has a knife in his hand somehow. Yeah. Don't know how but like, that We happened. only see the face of one. And they're like, oh, we're wild, mutated people. And it's like, y'all yeah, seem to be doing just The most fine. mutated thing about them was that they were wearing burlap sacks for clothing. Yeah, <laughs> like all of them looked like they were dressed like the Grim Reaper, but were like <laughs> super Definitely strong. Looks like they took out like a pack of uh, bulls or something and like <laughs> skinned them to wear their fur or something. <laughs> I don't know, but. Yeah, it, it's weird that like they, they tried to make them seem, in my mind, like lepers or something like <laughs> yeah. cast offs, you know, so that's why they're wearing the like sacks over their heads and stuff. But like but the no, one person could... we see, it's like, you look like you're balding and 
Maybe you have some spots. And you're that's dirty. About it. Like Davros. Well, you live in the wasteland, so of course you're dirty. Like Davros looked worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really forget good Forget about Why them. Was... We must throw them away. What What was what, his Forget deal? about the whole point that I look worse than them. Yeah. Was he okay. supposedly I've, I've really a, old? I've got a note about that. <laughs> that I do want to talk about that. But that is a really good point. That the most mutated looking person there. I'm sorry. The most mutated people there were Davros and... And the Dalek creatures, which we never got to yes. see. However, except for when they were wrapping around his neck or something. Oh yeah, and like yeah, giant clams, kind of look like a jellyfish, which no something. one cares about. So. Yeah, but but again, the Mutos looked like regular dudes. I also <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that there were some mentions at the very beginning of the first episode of uh, basically like, well, it's obvious the difference between the Khaleds and the Thals. And it is like, completely no. not obvious Haven't at all. Haven't we heard about the Thals in the first Dalek episode? Uh-huh. Yeah, if you remember in the in the original Dalek episode, it was the Thals and the Dolls. Dalek. The Dolls? Remember that the Dolls, D-A-L, mm-hmm. turned into the Daleks. By the radiation. Uh-huh. So they were retconned. mutated and that's, huh? So that got, that retconned. got completely retconned. The idea of the Dolls becoming the Daleks became... The Khaled's being coming. coming the Daleks, which is a mm. uh, an anagram. Yeah, not even a, not even a really great one. Like Corbin said, you could have made him the uh, what was it the uh, Khaled's or whatever, and yeah. then it would have actually been just Dalek backwards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's weird that um, the 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 Thals and the Dolls or Khaled's just look like human beings. People. You yeah. know, they're like, completely normal i was like, like oh if doctor. you can tell the difference surely there must be something like incredibly obvious mm-hmm. to yeah and they differentiate didn't, they didn't them. even do anything like like that, that you would have thought of in the 70s where like yeah like they were a different color <laughs> they could have given them pointy ears for all i care there's something <laughs> yeah something that made their them eye distinct. all of the falls had blue eyes but all the other ones had green eyes or <laughs> right. something so and, small and like i mean that. and you know suddenly i'm, I'm trying to remember here between this episode and the last one, the, you know, the first Dalek mm-hmm. episode, were they supposed to be different races or, or different like species? Right, I think so. Yeah, I mean, like by the time mm-hmm. by the time we get to the Thals and the Daleks, they are definitely a different species because yes. the Daleks have been so mutated. But um, but at this point, where it's the Khaleds and the Thals. Are they because they look exactly the same? Yeah. But they refer to them as different people, so it could it could yeah, but easily they, but be like to be a like, different I mean, tribe. You think but they is were it tribes, to be like Germans but, and Americans? Where well, they did you would say, think they oh, speak the same I'm a language. Human, it's true. Also, they did say well, they weren't human though. No, because when the doctor was talking, the other guy said, "Oh, I'm a human," and everybody seemed to like look at him like. What's that? Oh, yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting that uh, oh, and, and somewhere in the in the wikia, it actually referred to the Khaleds and the Thals collectively as Scarosians. <laughs> so like, well, you know, any any people from Scaro would be called Scarosians, and then within that you have the subgroups of Thals and Khaleds. So it's just which could be. It's it just could be the same race, but uh. yeah. Right, that's and, and that's then, what I mean. I think the idea is they're different races, but they don't really like play that up much. But even uh, so, so different races, but not just different species. So yes. again, like 
Like if it was, no, human beings have different groupings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's more like that. It's more like a like a racial, uh, uh, ethnic type of th- distinction, yeah. not species differentiation. That's what but it even, seems but like. Even but they make it seem like isn't obvious at all. They make it seem like it's humans versus sentient dolphins <laughs> or something, but like, like the next, like, oh, the next as, best a, as though it were different species. But then they are yeah. the same. They speak the same language. They live in the same yeah. area. They have like, the same exact weapons. Stroll away from each other. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I love it when I love it when the entirety of a planet is is boiled down to like a hundred square mile. <laughs> uh, situation that's happening. Yeah. I love it when, whenever you do that in... in uh, this war has been raging sci-fi. on for years and years, yet yeah, so it only takes place... It's a thousand-year war. Domes yeah. two domes. All of our people. <laughs> that's right. Talk about, talk about putting all your eggs in one basket. They had to launch one uh, missile and take out the entirety of their people. It's like, why <laughs> yeah. did you have some guys like in a backup base somewhere? I mean, they had the bunker, but that was like, what, 20 scientists and troops in total? Oh, yeah. By the way, I, I did like it uh, towards the end when um, uh, Davros said, I want a meeting. I want to address all of the people. And in my <laughs> mind, I'm picturing he's going to step out like he's addressing the Senate. You know, there's going to be hundreds of people in an amphitheater. No, it's like eight dudes. <laughs> there's no women. He's like, no women. He's like, how many people no are women. coming to my side? Oh, Two people. And then he kills the rest of them. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to think of genocide when it's nine people. <laughs> you like it nine was people five, down to two. Five guys wearing suits, and then like three guys that were scientists or whatever. No, there was more scientists than there was. Than there was military. Actually, yeah. yeah, there was yeah. more dead military guys than there was actual living. Yeah. And then you just killed off seventy five percent of them. <laughs> so again, just they the, following you. you know production level limitations. I'm sure it's really hard to put a crowd of a hundred or so people, but. Uh, you could at least pretend. You could at least try or something like show a stock footage of a big crowd assembled or something. But at any rate, so or uh, just down- make those like the leaders of a certain amount of people, like we do yeah. with states. And oh, such. there you go. Yeah, this this one represents this group of twenty five hundred people or something like that. It's like no, you, it's just us. It's <laughs> like these are the leader the last guys. Of the us dozen, and, and we no seem more. very uninterested in this. Fight. Why do you need this massive dome? This fun stuff. Yeah, especially love when it's like, who could have possibly shared the formula? It's like, well, literally everyone who knew the formula is in this room, so which is not very big at all. Yeah. So, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, it's one of us. All right, so down into the uh, jiggery pokery, um, we had our first glimpse. If I Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Wasn't this our first glimpse of a classic Who Sonic? Uh, ours, yes. That's what I mean, yeah. ours, yeah. Because mm-hmm. the third Doctor didn't have one? I don't think so. I mean, one we of did them have didn't. one, right? But one we didn't them, see it in the, in, the, in the one that we watched. Because one of them did. literally didn't have one because it got blew up or something. Or is that later? I think that, that's, that's later. later yeah. Okay, that's, that's later. what I think. I, I think it was, wasn't it, um, wasn't it the, the second Doctor who you. who first used it? Or the, it was the second yeah, or third? Because the first, first Doctor literally didn't Jared have it. Jared is like right. crying right now with how much, <laughs> how little we've learned from him. How dare you? Uh, that's okay. Uh, but he did use it to blow up a control panel, and then he also used it to not open a door. That was fun. Yeah. He didn't mention deadlock, so I don't know if maybe that wasn't a, a, a thing yet. It was just, that oh, we're locked in a room. We're, we can't get out for some reason right right um under so normally we have a section under jiggery pokery for the tardis but did y'all notice anything about the tardis it wasn't here wasn't one 
not for six straight episodes, an entire really? serial. And apparently, I, I, I couldn't really understand exactly what the Wikia was saying. Either the last one or the next one Doesn't also matter. does not feature the TARDIS for in the entire serial. Well, I mean, what we... Um, saw of the next saw one. Of the next episode. Yeah, they land and they don't have there. it. Yeah, so um, it was either the last one in this one or this one in the next one represent the only time that you had two entire serials back-to-back where the TARDIS does not appear on screen. Wow. Which is interesting because it was on screen for the intro every time. I thought that was interesting <laughs> that you had the, the TARDIS like front and center, which I don't think one, two, and three didn't have the TARDIS Mm-mm. in the opening, right? You just had like the time vortex and the doctor. You just had the whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, weird face, right? But no, um, no image of the TARDIS. You know, like in New Who, you you see it fly through mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But th- this is the first one that I remember where we actually had the TARDIS visible um, in the opening. So, but other than that, no TARDIS there at all. So um, that made for uh, again a a, a unique occasion within all of classic who and i think actually i think the entirety of who i don't think there's mm-hmm. even a new who i don't think we've had two entire serials like two two whole episodes where um where you don't have it at all because i they, mean it's 11 always came, at I mean, the beginning came, came close yeah like this is one of the few times where like he's traveled anywhere without using the tardis to yeah. get there yeah because right. there's no we haven't yeah. seen him travel other than the little, um, it was like you tap the button and it was like interdimensional space travel in New uh, Who. Other than yeah, that, yeah. we haven't you know, seen him use it. I'm surprised that in his time banished on Earth, it still showed up like all the time. Well, one of the central plot points for the third Doctor was him trying to fix the TARDIS and get it get it back working again so yeah so it what even though he wasn't using it it was constantly there which is kind of interesting yeah uh so let's see random jiggery pokery we had the bit where (laughs) this is great the guy tells the doctor turn out your pockets and i looked at corbin and corbin looked at me and we're like (laughs) (laughs) and then the doctor said what we were both thinking it might take a while and And then he he took out out. like 10 things and as far as i'm concerned all the things he took out of his pockets could have fit in those massive pockets as they were without Time Lord technology. I mean, this is true. It would have been it would have been great if it had been like you know, fifteen minutes later. You know, they come back and the <laughs> table is just like piled. With crap. <laughs> that would have been. They could have really taken that gag a lot farther. But I think Jerry pulls has out a, few a cat. Things. Oh, misplaced <laughs> that. They're like what is that? <laughs> Whips out like a canoe. No, what, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I would love to see you know the camera. You know, there's a fade that shows that time has passed somehow, whether it's like a, a time elapse of a clock spinning or something like that. And when it comes back, the table is piled high and there's like a cactus and a canoe. And yeah, like just like ridiculously so big stuff. stuff. Yeah, that would, be, that would be fantastic. Like a like a like a 10 foot long metal pole. That would be a bit too suspicious, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like you. But you, the thing didn't detect it. it. It would have to fit inside the width of the pocket. So it couldn't be yeah. any wider than that. So then the prop department just has a field day with like, you know, like I said, there's like a, there's like a fence post, you know, that's like 10 feet long, but it's only like two inches wide. So it'll fit in the pocket. You know, it's like a two by four <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, be like the, the old magician's hanky trick, you know, where it just kind of keeps pulling out and pulling out. Um, so I think Jared had a little bit of insight on, um, 
some of the things that he pulled out because some of those are Easter eggs, which of course mm. sail right over our heads because we haven't seen anything yeah. uh, prior to this uh, with the fourth doctor. So other stuff we noticed, we kind of talked about this um, in our opening. Why is there an electrify the scaffolding button? Yeah. If you're not going to <laughs> and use then it. Why didn't they hit it earlier? They spent all, they spent like an agonizing 15 minutes or so shooting, shooting up upwards. the scaffolds. Yeah, by the way. While these people are slowly like, climbing. Yeah, that's a fairly easy target. opposite of shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> shooting people on a scaffold. It was not, it was not. I could hit them and I were not going like barely ever shot a gun. Yeah, they, they were not going upstairs in a bricked in corridor it was wide open there wasn't even like boards laying across every level of the scaffolding to block the bullets or anything and and by the way i love this this cliche and we didn't we didn't visually see it here but it was definitely what was happening i love whenever the bad guy is shooting at the good guy running up like a it's usually in modern terms a fire escape you've got somebody running Mm -hmm. up a fire escape or sometimes it's scaffolding in a construction area and they're shooting and shooting and shooting they can't hit the person for nothing. They can't hit the building for anything at all, but they will hit 15 rungs on the ladder, right? <laughs> You'll always have that little squib go pew of like, you know, a bullet ricocheting off of the, the, the handrail. I'm like, you couldn't hit the person, but you're hitting the handrail like over and over and over again. You hit, That's you shot amazing. the bee yeah. out of the air, but yeah. you could, but you couldn't hit me while I'm standing two feet in front of yeah. you. So there was some of that happening where you could hear bullets ricocheting off the scaffolding. They weren't doing also, the they hit visual. like. Two guys. Yeah, they definitely like did. Like, one guy fell, and then, like, I think the other guy got thrown off while the guys well, started scaling it with shotguns. When they get to the top of the scaffolding, there is Sarah and that one other muto <laughs> seemingly left. And yeah, they get back like to the room. people or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get back to the room, and there's, like, 13 people Well, in they there. probably took the guy, like, they grabbed them and, like, took oh, them down. Because there was only two guys that actually met them up there. Right, right. Um, I also love that apparently the center of the scaffolding, which we've already discussed, is entirely hollow, apparently has some sort of gravitational pull of its own because Sarah Jane was definitely dangling far off the side. And when we have the 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 cliffhanger at the end of whatever, episode three or four, where she fell and they like freeze framed on her falling, mm-hmm. there was like a good 18 inches of dead air between her and the scaffold where she fell off. And then when we come back, we discover that she landed inside the scaffolding on like the one plank that existed in the entire thing, the entire like 30 story tall scaffolding. I There's expected someone level. to like grab her or something. That's what I thought. Oh, like even what would have been better is if tried to grab her and then like she fell and she landed on the part. Yes. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah. Or like if she had been dangling inside the scaffolding, but she was staying, she was outside the scaffolding when she fell and she fell mm-hmm. away. She fell with like mm-hmm. outward momentum for that matter. Mm-hmm. Just Ugh. if she had grabbed any single part of that thing, just reached out yeah. and grabbed. Yeah. So um, at any rate though, back to the, the, <laughs> the, the main electri- complaint, the electrified <laughs> scaffolding. Uh, that is such a weird uh, feature yeah. to have. What, what, a, what a great way 
for your prisoners to escape and also kill every single person loading that rocket. <laughs> oh, we're going to go up, build on the scaffolding. Bzz, you're all dead. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it, by the way, I love that that button was at ground level. Like, so yeah. that the guy like who I had could kick it with and, my foot or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could accidentally bump into it with your heel and be like, oh, whoops, sorry about that. Everyone then, just fell to their death because of it. And then Corbin, uh, what did you talk about with, with the doctor's reaction to that yeah when that happened. so he has we got to see that twice because uh-huh. it was a cliffhanger so he's holding on to it gets shocked and dad points out rightfully you would tense up and grab it but then he also reaches Flips over around. with the other hand <laughs> and behind <laughs> himself and then grabs <laughs> it with the other hand and he's like uh no and then he's like electro from the fire or whatever that's, that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all, his face. He's like, all, of, all of his faces were, were amazing. None of which, by the way, compared to the screenshot that I did for the phone cord wrapping around the third doctor's oh name, where he looked like a cartoon character. <laughs> so, all right, so that brings us down to who's who's. So let's talk about who is Davros. All right, so he was the Khaled's chief scientist, and then someone called him Supreme Commander? Uh-huh. I could never get a fix on who this guy was supposed to be. Like, he's supposed to be this amazing scientist brain dude that doesn't actually do anything right. other than, like, secretly create the Daleks? Like, nobody else was helping him with this project. <laughs> no out one of, like, knew of the Daleks until yeah, suddenly out of, they like, existed. Out of, like, the there, yeah. eight scientists. But the, the one, the military guy that was, like, his right-hand man, the, the one with the glasses or whatever, uh-huh. he at one time called him, or no, no, maybe it was one of the other scientists. One of them referred to him as our supreme commander. So then I was like, oh, okay. So he's not only, like, the smartest dude in the room, but he's also, like, you know, the president of the planet or something like that. <laughs> and then it turns out, not at all. Not even like, Not even close. There are several people on much higher government levels than yeah. he was. Plus, like, where were so they? There's like two domes and, and they, they were just nuked. like yeah. somewhere else. They were they were not like, in, a, in a bunker. I don't like care how invincible your city supposedly is. You still shouldn't have every single important person <gasps> there. Like we said the Titanic was invincible and that <laughs> clearly didn't last. Also, you shouldn't have a formula put on the outside that can be undone yeah, and why? keep the plans. There's a single like, formula never, that just yeah, tell destroys all the, the whole thing. Tell all of the scientists about it. And uh-huh. So yeah. Uh, well, the way I understood, only a few of the scientists even knew what that's the formula true, was. True. So it should have been really easy to narrow down who gave them the formula. Right. Like, uh, by the way, guys, Davros was missing for like several <laughs> hours. <laughs> Anyone wonder about that? that? Nothing suspicious about that at all. And he also <laughs> kind of smells like wasteland and mutos. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> um, so he taught that there was no life outside of Scarrow, which is just an interesting... I mean, he seemed to believe it. Um, yeah. Seems like he had a computer that told him that. He said there's no intelligent life outside of Scarrow. Yeah, but then he, you know, he kind of like tipped his hat a little to the doctor by saying that while your, your claim to travel through space and time, while outside of my ability to comprehend is not outside of my ability to imagine. Right. So I'm, I'm willing to admit that there may be things out there that I don't understand. So that kind of led me to think that maybe he is, Telling everyone that there are there's no life outside of Scarrow for some power reason, right? To like kind of keep everybody. He clearly seems to enjoy having all the power. Oh so. yeah, he's definitely 
uh, power mad for sure. So, and then the last question I, or the last bit that I had under uh, who is Davros is what we were talking about earlier. What is the deal with his appearance? We mm-hmm. never address yeah. what happened to your eyes. Uh, why do you look like a Muppet? Like, what is the deal? <laughs> like, okay, if if all of the Khaleds looked like that, and then all of the Thals were just people not in costume, that would have made sense, mm-hmm. right? Is he the only true Thal? Is that what it is? He's he's, he's a actu- Khaled. He's actually he's not even a Thal. He's a Khaled. Has has he's he actually, actually convinced? A are you a subset he, of Thals that they are Khalids and he's the only true Khalid or something like that? Like, I, I don't know. Is he a race of his own? His I, his whole race was wiped out. No, that's one of his failed Dalek experiment, experiments. I mean, he is a failed experiment? It seems mm-hmm. like either he's horribly mutated or really, really old. I, all I can, that's the only conclusion I can come to is that mm-hmm. he's just supposed to be super old. So therefore, which is why he's got all the life creepy. support stuff. Yeah, which, which which why why is there switch to cut off life support? <laughs> yeah, that was that has by the way no cover over it. Yeah, that's no. like having <laughs> that's like having Darth Vader's control thing like in the center of his chest. Right, right. So why yeah, would you do that? The the idea that uh, you don't have to like turn it before you push it or like double click it or something. You, all he, you have to do he is can push press. The and cut his own life support off. Right, and he has 30 seconds to fix it. Yeah. And apparently, but he couldn't move. He was uh, like... <sighs> yeah, apparently once you hit it, it jacks him all up because his hand started shaking. And, and why would he even tell the hand. doctor that? He's like, no, 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 don't push that. That's my life support. Yeah. I, no, 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 don't push that. That me. will cut on the Daleks to attack or yeah, something yeah, like that. Like anything. It, it was interesting, though, that um, you guys kept asking, like, is he a puppet? Is he animatronic? I mean, he has and, one rather stationary arm and then the mouth. And those are the only things that move. Like the other arm is right. stuffed So it could totally be like bending over so and like pushing the, him or something. The life support thing that's like hooked to his head or his head is hooked to it keeps him completely upright and immobilized. He can't turn his head left or right. He can't turn his body left or right. We don't even know if he has down. two arms. We just know that he has one. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah, we never even see like the other shriveled up hand or whatever it is. just stuffed inside of his thing. Yeah. Be more and mobile with two hands. You know that, right? that because he's so immobilized makes his entire head, the only place that he can emote is his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even he can't that, even move his eyes because he didn't have them. <laughs> right, right. And his mouth, you can only he's only moving the bottom half because uh-huh, of that gigantic uh-huh. prosthetic rubber head that he's wearing. The only thing you can see moving ever is a little bit, of, like you said, a little bit of finger ha- movements, a little bit of hand movements, and the bottom of his mouth, like his jaw. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. it just, it was like, a, <laughs> I, I didn't like that they never, I mean, unless I missed it, did they ever address why he looks so like he looks no. like an alien he looks like a different race i mean everyone or, was or like oh yeah species or that's something. just him and that was that was all they really ever like said. did he just did come into work one day and go oh i'm a completely <laughs> like he was the head scientist or something and he just come in one day after like all the bombs dropped or something and he was like i look like this now and i'm your leader yeah, like yeah. i would think he was like, a muto that just also happened to be the smartest smart. scientist. Yeah, but but that's not even hinted at. I don't know. So mm-hmm. may, Plus, maybe like, it's something that comes up later. Like, with this um, they see the doctor and they're like, well, maybe he's a muto that just is really smart. Mm-hmm. It's like they've clearly thrown out really smart people who got mutated. Sure, yeah. So, 
so that brings us down to who are the Daleks, speaking of. Uh, so Davros developed them by corrupting Khaled's and then turning him, turning them into, in parentheses, unseen monsters. Um, I did ask Jared because I, for some reason I was having a hard time remembering uh, some details. And I texted Jared like after we watched the third episode and I was like, Prior to this episode, were they no were the Daleks known to be biological or did we just think they were robots? And then he pointed out yes. that no, in, in the, the first, first serial episode. they pulled one out and yeah. all we saw was the claw, you know, the creepy claw and everything. So they were already known to be biological. And I had completely forgotten about that. And then that they developed by mutation and blah blah blah. But um I also was wondering, have they ever been seen? Because they were again, they were kind of seen in this one. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And they like, looked in like squid. They were like, yeah. like here, slime open the window, then see their reactions through the window instead of actually seeing what's inside. Right. And yes. when the doctor's yeah, in Yeah, when you look in really later. Yeah. And, it's and like, there was oh, like, cups? It, to me, it doesn't make any sense that a humanoid, essentially a human, <laughs> they're not even humanoid, yeah. they're basically human, mm-hmm. the Khaled's, could be so genetically uh, messed with that they end up being like a blob, grotesque squid. <laughs> yeah, to where to where it takes three of them to wrap around the doctor's neck. <laughs> Admittedly, the fro was involved too. So uh, the the third one, two would have been able to get around his neck, but because of the fro, they needed a third one uh, to wrap around <laughs> all of that all of that curly hair. But um, it doesn't. It does, that doesn't make any sense to me at all because we're we were under the impression after the first episode with the Daleks way back when. That, you know, it was like hundreds and even thousands of years of radiation exposure. Yeah. Boiled them down to whatever it is that they are. And in the back of my mind, I could not watch that 1964 episode without having in the back of my mind the Daleks as we have seen them in New Who. Yeah. Right. The little little octopus guys, you know, or whatever. With the like one big eye and one small eye. Yeah, yeah, something. <laughs> but now it's like supposedly Davros mutated them in what is seemingly a very short, a very amount of short time. amount of time, like within a lifetime, like decades of work, not hundreds or so thousands like, of years of exposure. It would seem maybe like, Daleks are made two separate ways. Eh. Like they would have been made like, even I, I if Davros didn't read. Yeah, is basically what's going on. I, mean, so. I don't know what to think, but it does seem like it wasn't even decades of work. It was. He has done this very, very recently. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, because he just showed it off, like right, yeah, and at the at the most decades, because he said, you know, a lifetime of work. The other thing is, there was mentioned at least twice that the Dalek creatures, right? Because they they did kind of draw a distinction between the Dalek transportation devices, the robots, and the Dalek creatures. That they are the end progression of what the Khaleds would evolve into. Yes. So it's almost like they were saying that maybe, and maybe that was how they were retconning it. Maybe they were saying that the hundreds of years of radiation exposure that Davros just accelerated that, just souped it up or something and ha- made it happen real fast. But at any rate, um, so not only did he, you know, corrupt their, their physical bodies again, in ways that don't entirely make sense. Um, <laughs> he also added in, uh, or excuse me, uh, made, alterations to their brains as well so that they had no conscience no emotion no compassion no pity yeah yeah took out i think it literally at one point said that they manipulated the brain cells that 
you know, yeah. where the emotions are, basically. They just <laughs> the literally cut the can, brain in half. You're at the point where you can manipulate that, but aren't even aware of aliens or the fact that they exist within seven galaxies of you. Yeah, that was the other thing is they referred to the seven galaxies, but to my to my knowledge, they were not yet exploring mm-hmm. space. So that's it's just like, kind of kind of an interesting. It just way to seems it. odd, like oh, you can genetically modify these things to have no emotions, which is like not hardly a measurable thing, <laughs> and yet you can't you know make some more ammo so that you're not fighting with guns and are. Fighting with also, it looks like he was something. boiling them, like he was boiling these little stringy I mean, thingies. I think that was just like wait, what? They were all in like these beakers and like water, and they all looked all all nasty, and all of them were bubbling. Oh yeah, looked like there was some kind of smell coming out of them <laughs> somehow. It looked like there was a smell. That's Ugh. interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we definitely we do get the 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 fact established here that the Daleks, in fact have no emotions and it's not even that it, that they evolved in that way it is that it was removed from them so it is uh-huh. an interesting insight like the cybermen uh yeah yeah what, very the very heart similar was except removed. biological rather than just actual Mechanical. robots yeah, yeah yeah so that even when they reproduce that is it, it's a part of what they are that genetically yeah. speaking that's all been removed like so, the the I'm cybermen sure suppress it right they, when they're uh, when the people are turned into Cybermen, they don't f- like remove that part, but they just yeah, don't it, have is it. it is suppressed. But also the the Cybermen don't reproduce. Yeah, uh, in the way that presumably the Daleks do. The Daleks presumably biologically reproduce, and so you not you can't just go in and alter their brain cells. You actually mm-hmm. have to alter the part of the genetic code. And there's a term for it. Is it embryonic or? Or seminal, or something where it is it is an alteration to the genetic code that is also passed on to the next generation. So I don't know how you affect brain cells, but do it at the genetic level. So again, it's spacey wazy. It's you know it's science fiction it's made up. That's right. That's right. Yet they can't travel to spaceships. So. Right, right. I mean, well, I mean, it depends on where you're putting your money. Right? I mean, so. if they weren't in a sure. thousand year war, they probably could. Yeah, this is true. Nobody cared about getting to space. They cared about blowing up the other side. So they need a space race. That's what you need every now and then. Uh, Or, you know, the silence controlling your destiny and deciding to go take you to the moon. So whatever, whatever, whatever possible. Who is the fourth doctor overall guys? What do y'all think of the fourth doctor? What do y'all So we've, we've been hearing about Baker. We've been waiting for him. Here he is. What do you guys think? First of all, what do y'all think of his picture in the opening credits? Um, why? Why? <laughs> like, why can't what? The, why can't a single one of them make a normal like face? Like our first introduction to him was that face. I was like, nope. Yeah, we're the, cutting this I would off. I almost feel better with his smile, this? as weird as that is. Yeah, like, the giant smile he has. He, he, right. He, but, but instead, it's instead the most deadpan is, face he can give. <laughs> yeah, what we get is uh, like somebody was on set and said, "Hey, Tom," and he turned around and they snapped a picture of him. Like, that's what he looks like. He's just like, uh-huh. mid-blink. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, exactly. about to blink. So, but overall, what do you guys think of him as the doctor? As a doctor. The doctor. I mean, I he's feel like fun. he's more silly okay. oh, really? than okay. some doctors. Well, I mean, yeah. especially, especially with the, the Bond-type third doctor, he does seem a bit more 
wacky, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the goofy things like the, the scarf. giant hairdo and the yeah, scarf the, down yeah. to his legs. I'd forget about his legs. There was one scene where they they showed him like toss it over his shoulder as you do and started running and both ends of the scarf were <laughs> scraping the ground as he was running. I was like, holy cow. And those dogs were choking him. The scarf was doing half the job for them. <laughs> All they had to do is just pull both ends of the scarf. Yeah. I'll say this. I was talking to Brayden and he, I think he maybe saw the opening or something and he was like, who is that? You know? And I was like, oh, that's Tom Baker. He's the fourth doctor. And he goes, he does not look anything like the doctor. You know, and, and, you know, he's only seen new who really. He's not my doctor. That's right. And I said, actually, what's funny is that for a lot of people, when you say doctor who, this is who they imagine. Um, the the hat and the scarf have kind of become shorthand for Doctor Who in pop culture. So like anytime that uh, there's been a Doctor Who reference on, say, like The Simpsons, it's always been the long scarf and the hat, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and so I mentioned that to him and he goes, well, when I, I said, so essentially most people, when they think of Doctor Who, this is who they think of. And he goes, I think of Matt Smith. It's <laughs> like really seeing Matt Smith. That is the weirdest like, flex for an eight-year-old who's not seen. He's much seen of more any of, of nine. Show. Wait, he's seen more of nine and ten than he has of eleven. And I think he's seen more classic yeah, Who than you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. he probably has. So we shouldn't make fun of Brain Molly's out here. But anyways, getting back mm-hmm. to the fourth Doctor. Um, so uh, y'all thought he was a little bit uh, a little bit wackier. Yeah, I would agree. He's a little yeah, especially with the bit, smile at the end. Yeah. He's like, you can have that ring. <laughs> well, that was the next episode. But, I was gonna say yeah. a little bit mischievous, right? Definitely. He's always kind of got that that grin <laughs> and smile. Whereas, as you mentioned, three was much more dashing and debonair. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's a little bit. Tom Baker is a little bit more of a of a trickster, of a wink and a and a nudge kind of a guy than uh uh, then third, then three appeared to be mm-hmm. in the brief amount of time that we interacted. Yeah. With him, so he also seemed a bit snotty. Three did. He was always kind of talking well, down I mean, to everyone. And he was like banished to earth. So, I mean, getting, <laughs> he was cranky. Is that what you're saying? Like getting used to having to live around, I don't know, like just different people than he's used to living. Around. I guess. Yeah. No, no, it, no intellectual, challenges or anything like that so so tom baker definitely did seem a little more uh playful and and mischievous and that kind of thing and yes whenever he would flash that grin it was like (laughs) how many teeth do you have (laughs) all of the teeth do you have all of the teeth in england he's like three dimples on each side (laughs) each time he smiles he's got big eyes too yeah Yeah. really big eyes um so i did have the the one note that i actually wrote down about the fourth doctor was he was totally cool with genocide for like a couple of minutes like i mean he did have like this crisis of conscience but he there were like a couple of times where he was totally cool with wiping out the Daleks. like when the time lord sent him to go do exactly that he's He's like like okay fine but this is the last time (laughs) you know like what like before all the Time Lords were even killed by the Daleks, he's still just perfectly fine with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which. Um, it's like the Daleks, which I've only seen like twice before. Yes, let's go kill it. Uh, no, no, no. He's by this time there, there have been plenty of encounters with the with the Daleks, um, but uh, I I just thought it was interesting. And again, this is one of those things where as the show evolves and you look back, uh, some of the values evolved later. 
you know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Plus it's also, you know, it's, it's much more heroic to, you know, come in guns blasting and ready to, you know, nuke the bad guys or whatever. And, and do all that kind of stuff. Yes. Nuking the bad guys is always the solution. I, well, you know, definitely in the seventies. So well, guys, noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we do, if we help you enjoy your enjoyment a little more, and you want to give a little bit of value back, here's how you can do it. Head over to patreon.com slash noobs in the Whovian and become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so that brings us down to our overall impressions. Um, so before we get into rating it and all that kind of stuff, um, I wanted to bring back the segment that really didn't belong <laughs> in the yeah. first season like I did it. Um, does it hold up? And uh, I think I mentioned this before. I kind of I got this idea from... Uh, mission log, which goes back and does uh, Star Trek in a, in a similar vein to way, the way we do uh, noobs and uh, uh, Doctor Who week by week. And they, you know, were starting out with a show in the 60s and <laughs> said, does it hold up? And then even now, even now they're watching, you know, they're in the mid 90s. And so does it hold up 20 years down the road? Um, so for a show now being filmed and released in the 70s that we're discussing this week, does it hold up? Makes so, quite a bit more sense. It does. It does. Yes. And that, yeah, I realized that. And that's why we ditched it. <laughs> you know, we were talking about a show at the time that was like nine uh, maybe, years, maybe before 15 years. No, because it was 2005 and we started in what, 2016? Yeah. Uh, 17? Why are you asking? I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was before, so it was before so y'all can even remember. Uh, so at any rate, <laughs> does it hold up? So we'll have a couple of categories here. Guys, feel free to kind of hop around. Bad special effects, makeup, and acting. So um, we, we've already talked a little bit about the opening sequence, but what was y'all's initial reaction to that? That was... Is, actually, that was it looked good, a lot more like the current though. one with the kind of like flying down the space corridor or whatever that's supposed to be. That was supposed and to be I the time liked, vortex is what that was. Yeah. I liked the the Doctor Who symbol going down. Uh-huh. I it just was thought, cool how it shifted the shapes and stuff. I thought it looked kind of uh, like childish like the logo itself looked uh, very it was very 70s bubbly or something yeah it like was that. very 70s that logo. yeah um but yeah i thought the 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 whole opening sequence of first of all the tardis flying at you that was, and then yeah. the silver time tunnel yeah that was, that was time really cool. and that it was, was kind of cool. spinning too I yeah think. it had texture to it and then shifting to whatever the like psychedelic kaleidoscope of blue mm-hmm. uh that was that was really cool that was where the logo goes flying in. So, and then we've already made fun of the doctor's face. Uh, we, we did. Nobody we did likes the doctor's face. Get up. Um, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Other than that, the opening sequence, as far as like special effects, that was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, the green screen was a little janky. Yeah. Uh, there was, there were times where they were like trying to, they were watching something on a view screen and it was obviously green screen <laughs> yeah. and it was kind of like, you know, maybe it overlapped with the edge a little bit or something like this. The worst case was one where, you were looking out a window to the other dome, right? Oh my goodness. And the camera panned down to a guard at a desk. And when it panned down, like if you're filming on green screen and you move the camera, generally speaking, the background that you insert over the green doesn't move. That's how we got that really weird effect in the last Classic Who episode of the Time Lord materializing too far away. So he's like, oh, hang on a second. And he goes, zoop. And all of a sudden he comes in. All they did was they zoomed in the camera. 
So what they tried to do on this one was they tried to move the green screen in sequence with moving the camera, and they oh did not. <laughs> I mean, they tried so hard, wow. but did not work. It did, was like the green work. screen was all the way. I can't point, yeah, like, but <laughs> it, it the background was moving at a different rate and a different arc. Uh-huh. Than the, than the actual camera movement. So again, it was like, it wasn't horrible. Like, why but, did they have to, why did they have to pan down to it? Well, I'm sure that it was probably like cutting edge at the time and probably looked amazing, but you know. Whoa. Oh, wow. Groundbreaking. Whoa. I, lo- I love your, I love your, <gasps> your Keanu there. <laughs> whoa. No way. No way. Okay. Uh, how, about, how about makeup? Okay. So we already talked about the Davros uh, mask and glove. Was there anything that left unsaid about that? We talked about that a lot earlier. I still think it totally could have been a puppet, but you wholeheartedly disagree with me. So. Oh, it's definitely a guy in, in a mm-hmm. rubber mask. Um, okay, my- it looked okay. It didn't look like Nohu at all. Oh, but- obviously, yeah. yeah. It was kind of annoying, though, the shots where they, like, zoom in on his hand as it slowly moves towards the button. To flick and it, it was to totally, like, a glove every time like it was totally not only totally a glove but you could see the seam going Uh, it went down his pinky and along the blade edge of his hand it was just a total seam from where they poured the rubber mold you know like um (laughs) so that was that was great that nobody thought to shave that down before they put it on camera they're like (laughs) mad nobody will notice it hey you guys aren't planning on zooming in on his hand five times per episode are you cool okay i didn't think so (laughs) why would you do that that'd be weird um all right corbin what about acting uh why 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 can't people act like they're dying in the past (laughs) in the the past like i I guess maybe why is this a skill that we didn't learn as a human as a human species until the 1990s or 2000s because when i get shot i'm not gonna bend over and fall down like i feel like most kids now like just messing around with lightsabers or whatever do a better job of acting <laughs> like they've fallen over and died like oh, i could people. actually like fall ah, over. and being zapped into the negative world of film <laughs> help me <laughs> ah, ah it's slightly discomforting um, let me fall on I the know. ground and the torture scene was like they didn't uh, appear to be they in, didn't even move i know it's like, this is all the pain and agony <sighs> poured into this one machine. And then they're like, ah, don't tell him, doctor, it tickles. Ah. <laughs> like they were just breathing like they had just been running for a bit. Like, yeah. yeah. I just yeah, ran down breathing. the block. Like slightly annoyed more than tortured. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like at least shouted or screamed a little to be like ah i'm in yeah. pain something yeah <laughs> like or twitching or or yeah. grunting or like okay like when river got trapped into the the red bubble of doom or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know she, yeah she was like her body was twitching and she was grunting and and sounded like and looked like she was in pain rather yeah. than these folks that were again mildly annoyed mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was that was kind of interesting so uh you mentioned them getting zapped into the negative, the <laughs> negative uh, film world or whatever. Um, apparently, if I understood the Wakia properly, this was the first time. Do you, do you guys remember the first episode that we watched with the Daleks? That their little zapper things, the little laser cannons, just had the wires that would poke in and out. Do y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. And then when when they would fire, basically, what I think we we described it as like an egg beater would come out of the end of it. 
right? It would go shunk, 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 shunk. And then oh, yeah. they would show the person being shot and it would flip into negative and they would go ah, and fall over. But you never actually saw anything come out of the oh, yeah. blasters. <laughs> Apparently, this is the first time that we actually see anything coming out. Which, by the way, that was horrid. <laughs> the blue, the blue very straight, wasn't... immobile beam. <clears throat> yeah, like, it wasn't all that bad. I was like, do you... <laughs> it did look like it was actually coming out of it. There's no Star did, Wars yeah. stuff where you can totally see it's time. a white stick instead of a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. It was it was interesting. So um, apparently that was the the first time, but they still had the little doodads sliding in and out of them. <laughs> if you look closely through the blue beams, you can see little red plastic pieces that are sliding in and out. So yeah. uh, I mm. guess that was iconic enough that they had to they had to like keep that in. Or I also so, just realized what kind of planet is this where they're like have these giant futuristic domes and you know spacey weapons and whatnot. Invincible. Like, stuff that they just it is, paint. coat the dome, you know. <laughs> and they decide to record his voice on reel to reel. Why is why is this? Yes, even but here? it was space reel to reel. Did you notice the tapes? The reels were solid. <gasps> there were no Whoa. openings. <gasps> yeah, it was great. It we did have to have like, spacey. We did have to have uh, a little moment there because Trip goes, "Why did he only take one disc?" And I was like, uh, "It's not <laughs> a disc. Uh, it's a reel to reel tape." The, oh, by the way, the reason Davros said that's a good place to stop for this session is because the tape ran out. <laughs> I don't know if y'all caught that. That's what happened. The reel-to-reel tape ran out of tape. So he's like, I guess we'll break for the day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Uh, no more learning how to stop oh, our downfalls yeah. as Daleks. Because we're, apparently we're we out of a blank. <laughs> we don't have a blank tape laying around. We're going to have to go get one and record I'm, over something I'll go else. put Didn't that in have- the tiniest safe they Ever. had what looked like like computer monitors and screens. They could have come up with something <laughs> other than just reel to reel. We got to remember, even even computers ran on reel to reel tape for a long time, for a long time. Oh, wow. wow, yeah. So um, it, it it is funny because you're always limited by Your the technology that you have now. Um, like I, we can think of hoverboards, <clears throat> but back in the seventies. That would have been well. That was the eighties, but, <laughs> but but my point is, like a lot of times we think about our current technology, but better, and it's hard to imagine a different thing because that different thing doesn't exist, right? Yeah. Like so, like their the idea, computers, they couldn't record stuff on their computers, but now as we know it, we can. I mean, yeah, we're doing. Think, it we obviously internet, still so. have computers in like every sci-fi show set in the future it's still like computer screens and whatnot yeah when it could have been like giant consoles in front of them um you know star trek did a a, did an amazing job with that where they um had little they just had these little um i think they were wooden blocks and they were painted different colors so there were red ones and blue ones and yellow ones and they were essentially data recorders they were like a tape and so they would they would say here check out this report and they would hand essentially a yellow wooden block to somebody now on screen it didn't look like wood it just looked like a a yellow thing and they would stick it in a slot yeah oh yeah no no conversation whatsoever about what's happening there there's not a tape inside of it there's no there's no connecting pins on any of it it was just solid yellow and they would stick that into a hole and a video would appear on the screen you know so they were trying then, to imagine the future but even still captain kirk was all frequently handed a 
pad with a piece of paper on it yeah. that he would sign with a space pen. You know, so there's only not so just okay. Here you go, like just think it on the paper. Or yeah, yeah, thumbprint or something like that. So, <laughs> at any rate, so yeah, they they were dealing with the technology that they had and imagining it, imagining that forward, um, and on a different planet. So you know, got to give them some credit there. So, mm-hmm. all right. So overall ratings out of out of ten, trip. What are you going to give it? <coughs> I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> Like, it wasn't a bad episode. But compared to the ones that we've been having, it's probably the worst one we've had since nine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, what is is your out of ten score? Six. Okay. Six out of ten... Stubby hands. (laughs) I'm I'm in agreement. I'm going to give it six out of ten glove seams. Uh, (laughs) Very obvious glove seams. Yeah, very obvious glove seams. Yeah, Uh, Corbin, what about you? Uh, I I don't like it. It was okay. Right. It was not one of the better episodes we've seen, but also it was classic Who, so it was just different. Yeah. And we've ragged on the acting. Yeah. But, um, uh, would, uh, oh, go, go ahead and give it your score, and then I want to ask a question. So, I'm going to say this is seven out of ten, uh, like blue eyeball things. <laughs> what, eyeball. Whatever that was on the center of his head. Yeah, yeah. no, forehead did eyeball. Very I'm much. That was replacing his eyes, yeah. as far as being able to see. It looked like a blue square. Just glowing in the middle. Yeah, that's kind it's of the weird. idea. There. So, um, I would, I, I did want to ask though, what do you guys think? Like, we've seen the first doctor, the second doctor, the third doctor, now the fourth doctor. Are we getting better as we're getting further no. in time? <laughs> no, we're really, really not. I think it is in some res- <laughs> respects, but um, yeah, like, the acting definitely. The not. acting, on, <laughs> I think the acting's okay, but we've obviously made fun of them dying and how terrible that is. Where right. it's like. Oh no, I'm dying. And but, slight discomfort. <laughs> yeah. But I still think overall the acting is getting better. It's getting a little better. Yeah, I mean, like or at least said, the special like, effects are definitely getting better. More used more like what we're used to, if not better. Yeah, but still se. decades behind. So all right, so how about the creep level out of five hundred trip? One. Wow. <laughs> there was nothing. Then why didn't you just creepy. give it a zero? <laughs> there, there was nothing Can't creepy about this. Uh, I'm going to give it 75. I mean, there was, you know, the clam attack. Again, because I'm always looking at it like an eight-year-old. Uh, you know, there was a the attack oh, no. of the clam and the mutos were a little bit creepy. Oh, Davros no. himself was fairly creepy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give it 75. Corbin, what are you going like, to oh, no, I'm going to say 50. Just 50. Because it has to have a score. It has to have uh, a score. Which is why I give it one. <laughs> uh, so no listener input this week. So that just brings us down to the game plan. Next week, we begin our mad dash to the series finale by watching The Girl Who Waited, which apparently Tripp cannot wait for. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's trying to talk us into watching it as soon as we're done recording. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, we, no, no. We have plenty of time. We do, also, <laughs> I we want to time. see it. We do not have time. It's going to be a good, I can tell. Also, we're going to have Victor on for that episode. Yes. Oh, yes. We thank are. you. Thank you. Yeah. So big news there. Uh, next next week we'll be uh, releasing our episode, "The Girl Who Waited," with special guest hosting host 
Victor. So we're going to have him on. And so we'll take a few extra minutes to um, let you guys get to know him. Uh, we've had a little bit of chance to talk to him, get to know him, but um, we even we haven't really sat down and had a lot of conversation that didn't involve microphones. How does this work? Can we make this do the thing? Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to know him a little bit and um, how he found Doctor Who, how he found Noobs in the Whovian. Um, and so Corbin, thank you for, for reminding me of that. After we get done with The Wedding of River Song, the uh, Series 6 finale, we have our first timey-wimey of 2020. So that'll be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So that's still a, a few weeks off. Um, so, uh, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, we, we are getting closer and closer to Bill and Ted 3 coming out. And so there's starting to emerge pictures, uh, you know, first look and that kind of stuff. Mm. Still haven't seen a trailer, which I'm like, yeah. not even a teaser, not even a teaser, which I'm really, <laughs> I'm really disappointed. So mm. hopefully we'll have a, a teaser trailer as soon as one gets released. I'll, I'll link it up on the Facebook page. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that and just keep on trucking through the end of series six. And then we'll be uh, timey wimey and then we'll be into Christmas and Moving right along. This will be the Christmas episode, by the way, that I haven't ever seen. This mm -hmm. is the uh, the doctor the the doctor the widow and the wardrobe. I guess you better watch it before we get to this over episode. It? No, no, no. I'm going to save it. I mean, I purposefully saved it to watch for the first time with you guys. And you just you skipped over. Then our it? phrase can be the only podcast on the internet with three noobs. There you go. Write it down. Yeah. Right? Now make, you spoiled make a note it. To yourself. So Thanks a lot, Corbin. We're going to have to blooper that out. How's that, how's that spoiling? Anyways, oh, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I am Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout outs, as always, to Jared and Victor for their Patreon support. You can find us at facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian, where you can also directly message us or email us at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsinthehoovian. Find all of these links, plus all of our other information, including full show notes, over at noobsandthehoovian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we are a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin, I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.